Hey, thanks for joining us. I love that video, all those little kids smiling. And happy Mother's Day. Now, we, we know this isn't the Mother's Day that you may have dreamed of or hoped would happen, but, but the orchard wants to honor you all the same. I mean, I mean, there's those of you watching right now. You've, you've raised your kids. They, they've moved out but you are still their mother and you are still worried about them to this day. There's, there's those of you right now who are in the thick of raising your children and you're hoping you can get through this sermon without being distracted. You're exhausted. There's those who are raising adoptive or, or foster children and I just wanna remind you that we've been adopted into God's family and that's his heartbeat. There's those of you who've chosen not to have children or, or perhaps life has not provided that opportunity, but you've been a spiritual mother to many. And the order just wants to honor each of you. Wherever you're at on this journey, we love you and we honor you. If you've been with us on this journey the past few weeks and even months, we've been following Moses and the children of Israel as they have been led from captivity in Egypt and were wandering through the wilderness. We've talked a lot about the lessons the wilderness can teach you that other seasons of life can't. And last week we looked at Joshua. Remember that? the one who would seek and soak in God's presence and who was mentored by Moses. And today we come to one huge biblical transition because the people of God are about to cross over the River Jordan and they're going to the promised land. But before that happens, one of the biggest moments in the Old Testament is about to take place. And I want to pick it up right here in the final chapter of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 34, verse 4. The Lord showed Moses the promised land, and then the Lord said to Moses, This is the land I have promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but Moses, you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, he died, as the Lord had said he would. Moses was 120 years old when he passed, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. Moses, the, the leader who brought them out of slavery, out of their old life, who, who stood in the presence of God, who, who received the commandments, who knew God and talked to God like a friend. He's dead. Their leader's gone. And God makes it clear what's going to happen next. We turn over to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord said to Joshua, who was Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. And now you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm going to give you. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Joshua, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon, from the great river to the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Catch this. As I was with Moses... Joshua, I'm going to be with you. God makes Joshua the leader of the entire community of people and gives him the job of leading them into and conquering the promised land. I mean, not only are they leaving Moses' leadership behind, they're leaving the wilderness behind, which is great. That's right, that season's over. I mean, wandering, over. Waiting, over. Wilderness, over. But before there was excitement or cheering, there was something significant they needed to do. And it was grieve. You see, their their trusted leader had passed. It was the end of an era, an end of a season. And while even leaving the wilderness may have seemed like a, a good thing, they would still be coming to the end of the normal life. 
that they'd gotten used to. You see, wilderness wandering is all this generation had known. There was a lot to grieve, and in Deuteronomy 34, verse 8, we find this sentence. The children of God grieved for Moses for 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. As you read through the story, you'll find that, that, that God didn't give them anything to do for those 30 days. He, he set that time aside for them. He allowed them to grieve the loss of their loved one and the loss of their old normal life. God makes room for the grief, and it's appropriate for us to step into those spaces. The first thing to write down this morning is grieve. Perhaps you need to take a moment, go for a walk, and go through the losses that you've had. Go through the grief that you need to experience. It's a good practice to see and affirm the life we've left behind. For some, finances, security, job, business, it's been lost. For others, friends, family, lost. Our certainty, our stability, our kind of everyday understanding of how life goes, lost. There's a power and a health in refusing to leave your grief unresolved and untreated. Because you see, when you, when you go into that grief and resolve that, it, it prepares you for what's next. And, and this week, carve out some time to, to grieve what you've lost in the past season. You may find that the source of your anger and your irritability and your depression grow directly out of that grief. And so it's good to, uh, to go into that and resolve that. God gave Joshua and the people the space to grieve what they'd lost. And then, well, then he told them to pack up because in three days, they'd be moving into the next season of life. I think of Joshua. I mean, I mean how would you feel if you were given the task that he was called to? He wasn't just leading the people into an amazing promised land of milk and honey. It wasn't just as easy as that. I mean, remember there were giants there. There were warrior cities. They were prepared. They were armed. This was no cakewalk. This was going to be a battle. It was going to take effort for months and years. I saw one biblical scholar who had done some research, and he, he predicted that it took 38 years for God's children to conquer the promised land before they could settle down. I mean, they had 40 years of wandering in the desert wilderness and then 30-some years battling in the promised land. Those are two long seasons before they can, quote, get back to normal. Both of those timelines are exhausting. But as I stop and consider how Joshua may have felt, a few things jump out at me right here. You see, Joshua was a professional wilderness wanderer. It was most of his life experience. I mean, he had been mentored and trained by God and Moses for what it meant to wait and be patient. Joshua was proficient at sheltering in place. But Joshua didn't have any experience leading the people to conquer a promised land. He's a professional wanderer. He's an amateur warrior. He's a seasoned shelterer. He's a rookie general. He's a licensed follower, but he's a novice leader. You see, Joshua has a lot of experience, experience following Moses as Moses followed God. But now Moses is gone. And God has asked Joshua to step up and take his place. 
New roles, new rules, new restrictions, new battles, new challenges, and a whole new way of living, which meant Joshua and the people were facing a lot of uncertainty. And we know, we know how hard uncertainty is for humanity. Joshua was facing uncertainty about what he was going to face externally, as well as the uncertainty he would be facing internally. Like, do I have what it takes? Joshua has a lot of things going on around him, a lot of things going on within him, and we get a real good glimpse into his heart as God speaks to him in Joshua 1. I'm going to read the verses. Remember, God knows Joshua's heart. So, So listen for the cues of what Joshua must have been feeling. God said, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not leave you, and I will not forsake you. Joshua, be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead the people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to carefully obey the instructions that Moses gave you. Don't deviate from them. Don't turn from the left or to the right. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I mean, God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. Not once, not twice, but three times. When you're about to enter the next season of life, being strong and courageous, that's God's message for you, for me. But there's something else here at the, that Joshua's heart needed to hear. God said, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I, the Lord your God, listen, I'm going to go with you through every one of these seasons. I'm going to go with you wherever you go. At the heart of what God's saying here, he's saying, be strong, Joshua. I'm with you. Be courageous, Joshua. I'll never leave you. Those words that God speaks to Joshua are, are words that we, in our hearts, well, we need to hear that too. We've said goodbye and we need to grieve an old normal, an old season, because we're going to be moving into a new season and it's uncertain. And no matter how confident you may be about what's to come, the reality is that, that, that none of us know really what's next. The reality is, is that there's nothing but the certainty of uncertainty ahead. And therefore, we need a few things. We need to be strong. We need to be courageous. And we need to know that God is with us. So why be strong? Why, why be courageous? Because these two commands of God are responses to two primary emotions that, that humans face when they're looking at a new season ahead. Fear and frustration. Fear and frustration. I looked at the chemical science between these two reactions and both cause similar responses in our brain chemistry. They're primarily negative emotions and both fear and frustration lead us to some of the same secondary feelings. Fear unchecked will cause you to move towards anger as a defense or you'll quit. Depression, giving up. While frustration unchecked will cause you to move towards anger as an offense, or quitting, depression, give up. Either way, it's a moving into anger, or it's perhaps a moving into depression. Both fear and frustration will eventually want to act out in anger, 
And both fear and frustration can collapse into depression, just giving up. And if I were to guess, if, I, if we were to talk right now, I would guess that those of you watching would admit that you've, you've had your moments with fear. You've had plenty of moments with frustration. And, and both of these sides have probably moved toward anger at different times for you. Those primarily in fear get angry at those who are frustrated and who aren't as afraid as they are. And those, the frustrated, get angry at those who aren't as frustrated as they are and just continue to be afraid. You see, the fearful get angry at the frustrated and the frustrated get angry at the fearful. And the reality is, whichever side your temperament or your personality or you might lean toward, that's where you sit. Oftentimes, it's, it's on both sides, just depending on the day. But it's, it's both, which is why God spoke to Joshua about being strong, being courageous. You see, fear needs courage to act. Frustration requires strength not to act out. When it comes to those times and places where we encounter God and, and we, we fear, God says, he, he tells us to be courageous. Listen, when you, when you do something courageous, it doesn't mean that you're not afraid. We, we think of like those movies with the acts of valor where the hero just does the, the amazing thing and, and, and is never fearful. But that's just not reality. That's not courage. Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is doing what is right, even when you are afraid. Or as Bob Goff would say, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's just deciding that fear isn't going to call the shots anymore. Courage comes from the Latin root that means heart. And Kevin Queen put it this way, when you encourage somebody, you're putting heart into them. Courage, encourage. When you discourage somebody, you're, you're robbing them of heart. True courage comes from taking heart from God. And Jesus repeatedly tells his followers, take heart. Listen to what he says right here. He tells them to take courage, um, take heart. In John 16, 33, he says, he says this, In this life you will have trouble. Check. But take heart. I've overcome the world. God tells Joshua in the Hebrew to take courage. Jesus says in the Greek to take courage. Jesus says that he is putting his heart into his followers when they face trouble. You may need to be encouraged today. You, you may need to have some heart put in you. It could be that you've been listening to the voices of those around you who are constantly discouraging you, consistently just taking heart out of you, giving you the ongoing play-by-play -play of the latest bad report or the news or the rumors or, or, or the, next, the next report. Listen, you don't, you don't need to continue to let people rob you of, of heart. I've had to ask some people just not to send me some things, and then there's some things I just don't open anymore, or I, I just scroll right past. There's, such, there's so much different information and misinformation out there that I don't need to walk through my day just handing out heart and courage to people who are talking to me on screens or on my phone. No, I need to take heart. I need to get my courage from God. 
You see, God encourages me, puts his heart in me to give me that boldness to do what is needed, even, even if I'm afraid. For those times where there's fear, God calls us to be courageous. But, but there's times where, where God, or there's times where we're frustrated. When we're frustrated, God calls us to be strong. Now, now why strong? Because frustration is kind of a normal negative emotion that will often lead to acting out or shutting down, depending on your temperament. And there's this saying, it says, frustration begets anger and anger begets aggression. You see, frustration is the emotional response when someone feels like they are blocked from what they've earned or what they deserve. Frustration, like fear, is an internal emotion based on someone's perspective. Let me illustrate how perspective has everything to do with fear and frustration. Two people are lying in a dark room trying to sleep. One perceives the darkness as scary and is wide awake in fear. The other person perceives the darkness as peaceful and is going to be soundly asleep. Two people, same circumstance, different fear response. Take those two same people. One's a marathon runner who always wins first place, and the other one is... Let's, let's just say it's me, okay? It's me. We both run a marathon, and the professional champion, well, he finishes third, well below where he expected. I, I come wheezing past the finish line with one second to spare before they shut the race down. Like, I am dead last, but I made it. The endurance professional stands up there on the platform in third place and is completely frustrated with himself and the race and his finish. I crumble onto the pavement and fall apart, completely exhilarated that I finished on time. We, we both ran the same marathon. But you see, but our perspective and experience were extremely different. We both went home with vastly different emotional responses. And the chances are, as we go through this situation, as we've been through the last couple months, and as we go through the next couple months, we're all going to have different responses based on our fear and frustration expectation. You see, in, in frustration, we need to be strong. We need to have resilience. The Hebrew word used here in Joshua for strong means to hold, to withstand, to withstand the frustration before it turns to anger or aggression. To be resilient when what you think you've earned or what you expected or deserved isn't available or panning out to you or someone's keeping you from it. It's to hold fast when, when things aren't moving into the promised land as fast as you think they should. It's important for those who are fearful and for those who are frustrated to be courageous and be strong so we don't break character from what God's called us to. You see, I have a real hard time loving God and loving people when I'm reacting out of fear. We saw a lot of that early on. But I have a hard time loving God and loving people when I'm reacting out of frustration as well. Both emotions lead me away from love God, love people, and down the path of anger or depression. And I just... I want to be really honest here for a minute. I mean, I mean, overall, throughout this time, for me, these, these past couple months, my heart has most often been peaceful and steady and solid. Most often. But, but there have been moments where fear has crept in, and, I, and I've listened to it. 
And I found that my peace and my joy in those moments are robbed from me. I'm discouraged, completely without heart. And I needed to get back in God's presence to be encouraged to have him put his heart in me. And there's been many moments where frustration just comes screaming in and I listen to it. I follow it right into anger and blame. And in my peace and my joy, they're as gone from frustration as they were from fear. You see, in the faith of my heart, in those moments when I give in to frustration is weakened. I want to trust myself. I want to make my own call. I want to, I've watched something and I've trusted it far above what I trust from God. And I act out. I would guess that many of you have found yourself in these situations. Right now, you might feel some justification of, well, yeah, of course I'm frustrated or, well, of course I'm afraid. Again, perspective. But we need to be honest about where we are in this and honest in the fact that, that God didn't call us to live out of frustration or fear. I would guess that while you've had some of both of these emotions, you're probably primarily in one of them. And my guess is if I went to your Facebook, I, I might know which one based on what you share. But I want you to hear something from me today. God didn't want Joshua to go into this new season, this, this new normal, this, this uncertain time with fear or frustration. There's plenty of unknown giants ahead for us. There's plenty of uncertainty ahead for us. And you know what? This has been long, and the next season might be long too. There's going to be plenty to get frustrated about. We were frustrated before all this. But, but at the end of the day, your fear your frustration, they're not going to do you any good. God told Joshua to be strong and courageous because the battle ahead didn't depend on Joshua being angry or being aggressive or being depressed. The battle belonged to the Lord. Fear says, I don't know who's in charge. Frustration says, move over, I want to be in charge. God says, neither of those is going to win you the battle. Fear says, I don't want to go any further. Frustration says, I don't want to stay any longer. And God says, just go ahead and pack up. Because in three days we're moving. And fear says, oh no, what then? And frustration says, three days? We have to wait three more days? And God just repeats, pack. In three days we're moving. See, the reality is no one knew anything that was going to happen in the days ahead. All they knew was the last thing God had told them, pack and be ready to go in three days. They didn't know how they'd get across the Jordan River. They didn't know how they'd defeat these enemies. They didn't know how long it would take. They didn't know anything except for the last thing God had told them. You see, oftentimes God will reveal the best next step to take. One. Not the one next week, not the one next month or next year. Get ready today. Seek God today. Oh, but God, what about tomorrow? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what to do tomorrow when you get there. But today, pack and get ready. So we told them. And you know what this sounds an awful lot like? I mean, they're moving into the promised land, but you know what this sounds like? It sounds strangely like the wilderness. 
Every day in the wilderness, God would reveal to them what they would do that day. You see, what had been forged into Joshua during the wilderness was needed for what he was going to do as a warrior in the promised land. Without wilderness Joshua, there is no warrior Joshua. Men and women, it's vital to continue to learn and seek God and get everything he has for us out of each of these seasons. If we don't, we're just going to be a victim to fear and frustration at every turn. Is some of our frustration and fear warranted? Yes, but we've been called as followers of Jesus to rise above the fear, rise above the frustration, and not act out of those. Here's another verse in the Bible that takes both fear and frustration and puts them in context. Psalm 27, 14. It says, wait upon the Lord. Be strong to the frustrated. Take courage for the afraid and wait for the Lord. The, the words used here by David for strong and courage are the same two words given to Joshua for strong and courage. You see, facing frustration is nothing new, but we can wait for God to tell us what to do next. We can wait upon God if our strong faith is is sunk into that we know God is in control. Our faith has roots that God is in control when all seems uncertain. And our courageous hearts are fueled by Him. Then we can wait upon the Lord. And this is where I want to end. You see, Joshua, the newly appointed leader, takes all the people to the edge of the Promised Land, right up to the Jordan River. And we begin reading in Joshua 3, verses 4. He gets his next step from God. It says, After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Now, a few things to see right here. I'm getting excited. Joshua's orders go out and they're this. Keep your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant of God. And the Ark of the Covenant, that's where, God's, that's where God's presence would be when it was in the tabernacle. Keep your eyes on it, because when it moves, that's your cue to follow. Catch this. When you see God moving, follow. I know, it's so simple. But don't jump ahead if you're frustrated, and don't shrink back if you're afraid. No, keep your eyes on God, and when you see Him move in the next season, that's your cue to move. To the fearful, be courageous. Don't lag behind. To the frustrated, be strong. Don't run ahead. Follow the presence of God. And here's why. The verse continues. Keep your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant. When it moves, follow it. And the next verse, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. You've never been here before. You've never been this way before. We don't know what lies ahead, but God does. And when he moves, We follow. That's the way our life balance should go. Keep your eyes on God and follow Him because we've never been here before. I think we have a lot in common with Joshua here. We've never been this way before. I can run out in frustration. I can shrink back in fear. But but God said, keep your eyes on me. And when I move, you follow. And wherever God's moving in your life, follow Him there. We're the people who love God and love people. As you see him moving in those ways, you follow. You follow boldly, courageously, with strength. And so you here today, are you afraid? You need to know that God's presence goes before you. Are you frustrated? 
You need to know the presence of God is asking you to trust and follow him. And what's most important throughout Joshua, it says it over and over and over, God reminds him, and he wants to remind you this today. I am with you. I'm with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But, 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 I've done so many wrong things, God. I don't feel your presence. You don't know what I've done. God's promises stand true. In Jesus, all your sins forgiven, his peace in your present, his hope in your future, and the promise of God that he's with you and will never forsake you. He's never going to leave you. You can't outsin God's love. You can't outsin God's promises. Wherever you are on the spectrum of fear and frustration, God calls you back to the solid ground of faith. You see, fear and frustration, they, they tempt us to get angry and to blame. And faith reminds us who is in control and, and, and we're reminded how we're to behave as God's people. Listen, in 2019, we would sit here in this room and we love to say, love God and love people. Well, it's 2020 now. It's time for our actions to match our axioms. It's time for our methods to match our motto. It's, it's time for us to be who we say we're going to be. We may have said it in this room, but the church is still alive outside of this room. And it is time to be the people who love God and love people, all people, and drop the blame game. And start pointing people to the source of hope, the source of truth, the source of life. I want you to do something courageous and strong with me today. And if you're with people in the room, it might be hard for you. But I want you to do something with me today. It's courageous. It's strong. I want you to hold, all, to hold your hands out in front of you like this. In one hand, you hold your fears. And I want you to know what they are. You know what they are. Like, like think of them. Name them if you can, verbally. What are your fears? What are you afraid of in this season? What, what uncertainty is just getting at you? Put those fears right there in that hand. And the other hand, you hold your frustrations. And I want you to envision those things you've, you're frustrated about, the, the people, the, the whatever it is that you just get just so wound up. Your fears and your frustrations. And if you're willing, I want you to courageously and strongly pray this prayer with me. Pray, Jesus, here are my fears and my frustrations. I've carried them too long. Today I give you my fear. I'm not certain about what is to come. But I'm certain that you're in control. Give me your heart. Fill me with your courage. Today I give you my frustration. I'm not certain what is to come but I'm certain you're in control. Give me your heart. Fill me with your strength. I lay my fear and my frustration down at the foot of your cross. Fill me with your spirit's power. In Jesus' name, amen. Orchard, I'm, I'm praying you're blessed. I pray for, for those of you who are 
dealing with the fear, and those of you who are dealing with the anger or the frustration, that you would be reminded of the way Jesus lived his life, the way that he asked us to live ours. And that in the midst of a time when the culture and the world are hurling fears and frustrations and angers and depressions and anxieties, that we have the opportunity to be the well-rooted people of God who continue to point to Him. For those who are afraid, we say, there's peace. For those who are frustrated, we say, He's in control. We get to be the people who, who point to a Savior. So be blessed today. May you, be, may you be reminded, may you remember, may this go with you all week that God has promised, He's promised never to leave you. May you remember that no matter what you've done, He loves you. He accepts you. He never left you. And He wants a deeper relationship with you. And right before I close this, I just feel led to give a prayer for, 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 for those of you right now who have never prayed to give your life to Jesus. But, but it's time. It's time for you to do that. And so pray with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I know you died on the cross. I believe you rose again. I give you my life. Fill me with your spirit. Forgive my sins. Be my savior. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for joining with us today. If, if you've prayed with me today, I want you to email me personally, daniel at theorchardlife.com. I'd love to talk to you. I'm, I'm loving the, the emails I'm getting from many of you, the questions or, the, or the, you tell me that many of you guys have, have come to Jesus through this time or re- returned to faith. I love hearing these stories. If you'd like to become a part of the Orchard team, um, if you want to be a part of what it means to, to, to tithe and financially support us or to get involved in one of the many ministries that we have here, you can go to our website, www.theorchardlife.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for spending this time with us. Happy Mother's Day. And as always, love God and love people. Thanks.